Well, I'm glad you're here. Are you glad you're here? If you're not here, same. No. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Kyle. We're going to talk about the, the true American Thanksgiving story uh, today. And so let's, uh, but let's, let's stand just for a moment, can we? And um, just close your eyes. I just, it just, if you just say, God, I think you're here and I'm listening. Just, can you just tell them that? Lord, I just thank you. And Father, I just really pray that you would would speak today, regardless of what I say. I want we want to hear what you have to say. So help us hear you, God, today. And I thank you for your love that's present here today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So, so it's that time of year again, right? Um, I don't know. I don't. Know, you don't have to make any confessions, but we have some in our family that they can't get Christmas decorations up fast enough. You know, um, and um, and it's like how quickly we we. Uh, you need to, um, Ariel. Can you help me out? Um, how quickly we move from. Um, there you go, and oh, good. From the jack-o'-lantern to the Christmas tree, right? As soon as it's okay, the jack-o'-lanterns go down, and I don't, I don't personally have a problem with the Christmas tree. There's a lot of symbolism in that, if you think about it. But, but um, I think we're missing something, right? Um, uh, so for years in America, Thanksgiving was a little more than like a speed bump between the these two times of the year. Maybe the speed bump was running over the turkey that you ate, and I don't know. Maybe that was a roadkill. No, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, uh, even recent years, you think about Black Friday beginning on Thursday. This wasn't that too long ago that you get, you know, Black Friday was starting at 6 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day. Walmart, Sears was 8 p.m., not sure exactly came out if they were open all day. You know, all these. This is what was happening. Um, you know, you remember that? It's just like, come on, Black Friday. You know, you got to quick eat your food quick because you got to go buy something. Get in line and watch, watch grown adults act like little children in a playground. I want my toy. You know, and so. Um, as if it was like a vanishing holiday. Well, here's a couple of funny, um, a few funny uh, cartoons. It says, De- December, fat boy. This, this, this month is my holiday. Now hop in that sleigh and wait your turn. It's the turkey to, the, to Santa there. And here's, of course, his family. We're still eating as Christmas is trying to, all the decorations there. And this one... You'll note the classic, the picture I had before, but this is uh, quite a bit different. Just think of all the, how, how much, come on, in our house, our kids are gathered, and, and how many of them are, are, are like this? I left my phone down there, by the way. They're all, they're doing this stuff. You know, we got, 
all kinds of tablets and and it, does anybody have a BlackBerry anymore? Do they still have those? I don't know. Anyways, but all these devices, even mo- even mom or grandma's got an earpiece, you know. So, anyways, just kind of. But I, there is some good news. Something's changed. I checked. All of these stores are closed on Thanksgiving. That, like, I think something like we, we, we're done. We're done with that. In fact, quite frankly, almost uh, as I looked, I, I I went on a site, the Black Friday stuff, and I I could only find a couple stores. Like, and some might be like a, a Walgreens, just open twenty four hours, you know. And uh, so I think that's encouraging, don't you think? Um, uh, and. Uh, so that's that's good, but you know, God warned the Israelites in, in Deuteronomy eight about when when you when you succeed when, when you get in your land you got your homes you got you know the abundances come in and you live in safety. Don't forget me. And in Deuteronomy eight, uh, he he warns them says, "Be careful you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe His commands, His laws, and, and His decrees that I am giving you this day." Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, of course, they're taking that stuff away from us now, aren't they? Um, And all you have is multiplied. Then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of, in this case, in the context of our things, even out of England and out of the land of slavery. Um. Um, but think about it. Thanksgiving is not just encouraged, it's actually commanded in, in Psalm 107. This would be our, our main text. It says, oh, give thanks to the Lord. That's not like a suggestion, is it? Give thanks to the Lord, right? For he is good, for his mercies endure forever. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies, satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness, let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Um, I put that out on the sign this week um, that daily gratitude transforms attitude. I think that's true, don't you? And learning to to also thank thank God. I, I my wife had to point something out to me. Some of you know I. I I've been taking piano lessons for several years, and I had a, my big fancy recital yesterday uh, with 16 others, uh, 15 others in, in in my session. It was a lot of fun, but um, what I end up doing is, ah, but I, I I made two mistakes on this song here, and I I made and and Cindy goes, why are you focusing on your mistakes? Um, and um, and if you come. For the church family dinner, make sure you bring food. I'll even play those two songs for you if you like. Uh, it's good practice. But, but this, this whole thing, um, uh, just think about, you know, life is not always very pleasant, right? And there, there, things uh, may not make you always happy, but there's always reason to be thankful to God. Amen? And to, to choose to give him thanks. I, I, I was sitting uh, this morning just kind of in our family room, and I could, the, the, the cats had gone outside and turned on the um, the lights, right? So I could see the snow falling. And there was just something like, you know, there's things I wish were different, but I'm just sitting in this place. I've got a home. I've got a beautiful wife. I've got a wonderful family. And I've got friends like you. And 
I have a lot to be thankful for. Amen? You don't have to command me. I have a reason to be thankful. Amen? So do you. Amen? Amen. All right. But this, even the tradition of, thank, of here on this continent of thanking God for his blessings and provisions, go back like 480 years. That's a long time ago. Uh, these, these various um, European Christians who came, uh, Palo Duro Canyon, Texas, Coronado and his 1,500 of his men paused to give thanks to God uh, in St. Augustine, Florida, which I believe is the oldest, the oldest city on the continent. Um, we are in Florida. We were able to go there. When we were visiting our kids, but the French uh, Huguenots, the Protestants, they they they, they took time to, to thank God in El Paso, Texas. One day, Oñate, right? Oñate and his expedition they did, and Camp uh, Cape Henry in Virginia, the landing of the Jonestown settlers, and then Berkeley Plantation in Virginia. I mean, this it's not a new thing. By any means, um, uh, Thanksgiving is several times in places throughout. Primarily, of course, our, our Thanksgiving is the Pilgrim's Thanksgiving in 1621. Um, and you remember the story that they were pretty much part, uh, the, the, the Pilgrims were really an, uh, part of an independent church. They, they weren't joining with King George's Church of England. Um, and or King, excuse me, King James the first, um, he had separated, and um, they would meet secretly. This would be the place where they would meet. Actually, what's left of it, I'm not sure if there is part that's that's missing. But um, in the Scrooby Manor, this is where the pilgrims would meet secretly, so that King James couldn't find them. The King James, remember the King James Bible? This is the same King James who wanted to. Well, he had something to say about that they wouldn't conform. Conform or I will harry you out of the land. So this is what our founding fathers understood what the, a church, um, a national church became. And so when they made the, um, the First Amendment um, and what Thomas Jefferson was talking about as far as separation, it was this kind of thing. That the king or whatever leader could not uh, force you to worship the way they want you to. That's what the set, whatever separation is, it was that. Never was it to separate God out of government. And we, we can see what happens when you do that, right? So anyway, so the pilgrims, of course, they, they decided to flee for their lives, really, to reestablish their church in Holland. Um, and um, they were there for a while. But, but the problem was that the young people, they could see, begin to get lured away by the, by the um, allurements of, of that culture there. And, and so Pastor John Robinson, um, he just felt like and perfectly led them to, to they should relocate to uh, to America, that's no small task. You're going across the Pacific o- or the Atlantic Ocean, about a two month uh, journey. You don't have a motor, <laughs> you know. You don't have GPS. Uh, it was amazing what what, what they did. Um, but the number of setbacks, and then on September sixth of sixteen twenty, uh, they got a, a bunch of them got in the Mayflower. Um, over 100 of them. Pastor Robinson stayed behind so others could go. Um, and for two months, they braved the, 
the storms of the North Atlantic. Now understand, we're in the, the late fall, in closing into the winter. Not the best time to be planning a, to go to a new uninhabited area of the, you know, undeveloped uh, land. Um, and yet, yet they're, they're heading there. And, um, and so, um, before they came to Cape Cod, we'll talk about that uh, as well. They're now Massachusetts. But before they disembarked off of the Mayflower, they, they did something that began to shape what this nation would become. And they formed what was called the Mayflower Compact. And um, it begins in the name of God. And the reason for their coming is for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. This is true American history. That has nothing to do with trying to advance some kind of slavery kind of promotion country or, or, or anything like that. This was about, the, about the, for the glory of God and for the advancement of the Christian faith. Um, this is why uh, these people came here to this, to this land. William Bradford, um, he said, um, talk about their land, he says, Being thus arrived in a good harbor and brought safe to land, they fell upon their knees, and that's, that's Plymouth Rock. That's, I've never actually seen it in person, but it's not much of an impressive thing. It's, it would fit up here with no problem. Um, but he goes on, he said, They fell upon their knees and blessed ye God of heaven, who had brought them over ye vast and furious ocean, and delivered them from all ye perils and miseries thereof, again to set their feet on ye firm and stable earth, their proper element, what could now sustain them but the Spirit of God and His grace. Don't you love their language? Um, anyways, see... They had tried, they were heading for um, the Jamestown area, quite a ways, hundreds of miles down the coast. And yet, no matter what they did, the, 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 the winds just pushed them north. And, um, and they prayed, and they just kind of discerned that, that God would have them stay there so that although they landed there, they could have maybe started heading south. They felt like God wanted them to stay there, so they did. Um, and so, of course, obviously, um, they hurried to build their um, the, some shelters. The, the first one was a meeting house, what would be like a, their all-inclusive community building, their church, their, their schoolhouse, and, and they built it on Christmas Day. But they weren't prepared for the New England winters. We lived in New England for 10 years. We know what a New England winter's like. There's a pretty good winter we have here, too. Um, and uh, But they weren't prepared for that. Nearly half of them died uh, before spring. But there's something unique that happened here that was so God. Uh, they, they, the area they landed on, there wasn't really anybody there. Um, and I believe there would have been some signs of somebody had been there. There were some kind of structures, but... They couldn't figure out really what's going on. And then they find this whole collection of corn stored that carried them through the winter. And like, what, what, um, you know, wh- what was that? And, um, and so, um, but come spring, uh, well, yeah, 
what what turns out is they had come to a the land that had been occupied or, or by the Patuxet tribe, and they had all perished by a plague. The whole tribe, and it's very likely that uh, they had gotten sick by some of the traders who had come through the trade. You know, um, unfortunately, they did Their immune system was not equipped with the uh, Europeans. Uh, and as we came, of course, you know the stories of the flu. What is is it uh, down in Walla Walla? The Whitman? No, is it Whitman, Marcus, and uh, Whitman? They were missionaries down there. The reason that the the Indians of that area turned on them was because they believed they brought the death, and and they intentionally came and killed all of them because so many of the of the natives died of the flu because they didn't have the immune immunity like the Europeans did and and so it's it's very likely that this was what happened to the Patuxet tribe and so uh that was the corn that they had stored up before they had all perished and and the other thing about it is the other tribes didn't want the land because they thought it was cursed and so even the thought just think about this the pilgrims when they landed the land that they took was available they didn't slaughter any Indians. They didn't enslave any of them. They didn't do it. This was like God had cleared the land from them and, here, and, and provided food for them. And uh, um, so anyways, but like I said, when spring came, they were out of food. And in March, uh, an Indian came uh, named Samoset. He came and surprised the pilgrims because he could speak English fluently. And they're like, good. You know, and he had learned it from, so from some of the traders that had gone th- come through. So he meets them, gets to know who they are, and then he takes off and comes back a week later with uh, Squanto. And um, Squanto was a former English... Uh, uh, a, a, well, the English slave traders had, had taken him from uh, captive uh, from his tribe. He was a Patuxet. And... Um, Took him to Spain. Eventually, a monk rescued him and uh, and taught him Christian faith, led him to Christ, and then eventually Squanto goes up to England. He learns the, the English language really well. He learns the culture, the food, and everything. And then in 1619, he ends up coming back one year before the pilgrims come come back to to the area, and so. So now Squanto then comes to his native village, and here's all these pilgrims there, and um, um, finding that he's the only one left of his whole tribe. And instead of responding like the Indians did down in the Walla Walla area with the Whitmans, uh, of course he was just one man now, but he didn't try to take revenge, but he he offered his services. Because, hear this, any of you fishermen out there, uh, the, these English uh, English people, the pilgrims, they were townspeople. They were city folk. They were craftsmen, but they weren't f- hunters and gatherers. And so, in in four months that they'd been, they, they'd only caught one fish, one codfish. They'd caught the whole time. And so Squanto comes and he teaches them how to prov- um, 
provide for the necessities of life. It include including how to how to fish for cod, you know, and how to plant corn with fish. You you know, you put the seed and then you put the part of the fish you don't eat, you put it in there and that's fertilizer and and these kind of things. How to plant pumpkin skin beavers, you know, what berries were edible, that's pretty important. Um but just imagine their surprise and even the wonder at God's provision at this whole thing. I mean, they, they thought they were blown off course, but they were blown right where God wanted them to be. They, come on, there's a lesson in that for us, right? They were hundreds of miles north. They couldn't go south, and here they find this supply of corn, difficult winter, and then God provides a Native American who speaks English fluently and, and knows the custom and cultures and, and teaches them how to, uh, how to live there and provide for themselves. Uh, God is amazing. Amen? So it doesn't matter what you're facing. It looks like you got blown off course and things are rough. Your God is with you. Amen? That's the promise. That's a pro- okay, we, see, that's a promise for me. See that? That's a promise for me, right? And also it's a promise in Scripture, Psalm 37, 23. If the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes his steps firm. And then it goes on, in his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. And a man's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand his own way? Now, have you felt that way? How can anyone understand your own way? But as we're walking with the Lord, and I, I, this is, I, I'm sure I'm, I'm not the only one. There's just times of God, what are you doing? <laughs> he knows what he's doing. He's, he's never been confused. Remember we said this, God never had an aha moment. <laughs> you know, like, or a, oh, I never thought of that. God never said that. Amen? We put our faith in him. Governor Bradford described Squanto as a special instrument sent of God for their good beyond their expectation. So in the fall of 1621, they had this an abundant harvest, and um, um, and so Winslow, a pilgrim, Edward Winslow, one of the pilgrims, said, Our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent forth, sent four men on fowling, turkey hunting, so we might have a special manner, after a special manner, rejoice together after we had gathered the fruit of our labors. And then he goes on, he said, God be praised. We had a good increase of corn by the goodness of God. We are far from want. And then they went ahead. They invited their Indian friends and declared a, th- a three-day fast. Thanksgiving, three days. Think about that. You know, a few hours and we're done, right? You watch football and you fall asleep on the couch because the turkey makes you sleepy. And then you go home. For three days, they celebrated Thanksgiving to God. What if we turned Thanksgiving into something more than just, you know, half a day? Yeah. We would have reason to, right? But on that, that first Thanksgiving, that there were 90 uh, Wampanoag, however you pronounce it, Indians, and 50 pilgrims. And um, for three days of that, they ate, they played, and they prayed. Um, and um, things like they ate like shellfish, lobsters, turkey, cornbread, berries, deer, other foods. They, they played the, the young pilgrim and, and uh, Wampanoag men engaged in races, wrestling matches, kind of like the, reader, the writer, reader's games on Settler's Day, right? All the... All the all the games we do, and 
But then also the elder, William Brewster, he would have led them in a time of prayer and thanking God for the goodness of God. So celebration that accompanied uh, really the activities were, um, this is really the origin of our, of our Thanksgiving uh, by far. It also speaks of the founding of this country, unlike the 1619 Project and the Marxists who want to erase our history and make you hate America. Uh, America is a, is a, it really is, is an amazing, amazing gift. And you and I, every one of us, no matter what's going on in our life right now, we could just say, thank you, God, that somehow I was born in this country. Amen? And... Um, um, so may we be good stewards of what we've been given. Amen? The, this whole practice of, of, of um, I think, uh, an official time of Thanksgiving spread to different colonies and stuff like that, the Massachusetts Bay Colony, and the neighbor, neighboring colonies uh, also called for times of prayer and fasting. In New England, it was interesting, wasn't true for the South for quite a while, um, for many years. But in New England, the colonies typically in the, in the spring, they would call for t- a time of prayer and fasting. Well, why would you do that in the spring? Because you're planting, right? And you're asking God to bless the, the, you know, the fruit of your, your labors and you're preparing, right? And then in the fall, they would then have a time of prayer and thanksgiving, um, for obvious reasons, as they did here, which really, uh, correlates with the, the main festivals of the Jewish people as well. Um, as well. So, like I said, the southern colonies took all the way up to the War of Independence before they really began to do so. Um, but it's, it's worth mentioning that the Continental Congress, during the American Revolution, they had 15 official prayer proclamations uh, 15, just during the Revolutionary War, um, uh, calling on uh, the people uh, to give prayer, uh, prayer, prayers to God and thanksgiving to Him. And uh, this is, I'm going to read you one here. Um, really, the, it was after this amazing victory in Saratoga. Remember, the, the, um, the colonist army... We were really way understaffed and under outgunned. There's no reason, no reason that our founding fathers should have won. There's no reason they should have won in the natural. Um, but there was a great victory at Saratoga um, and a congressional committee consisting of two signers of the Declaration of Independence, Richard Henry Lee and Samuel Adams, along with General Daniel uh, Roberto recommended this this resolution. These are people, government people, right? November 1, 1777. It says, For as much as it is the indispensable duty of all men to adore the superintending excuse me, providence of Almighty God, to acknowledge with gr- gratitude their obligation to Him for benefits received, and to implore such further blessing as they stand in need of, and it having pleased Him in His abundant mercy, not only to continue to us the innumerable bounties of His common providence, it is therefore recommended to the legislative or executive powers of these United States to set apart Thursday, the 18th day of December next, for the solemn thanksgiving and praise." 
that with one heart and one voice the good people may express the grateful feelings of their hearts and consecrate themselves to the service of their divine benefactor, and that together with their sincere acknowledgments and offerings, they may join the, the penitent confession of their manifold sins, whereby they had forfeited every favor and their humble and earnest supplication that it may please God through the merits of Jesus Christ mercifully to forgive and blot them out of remembrance, that it may please him to prosper the trade and manufactures of the people and the labor of the husbandmen, that our land may yet yield its increase, to take school and seminaries of education, so necessary for cultivating the principles of true liberty, virtue, and piety under his nurturing hand and to prosper the means of religion for the promotion and enlargement of that kingdom which consisteth in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's coming from the government. You see, they had no intention of wanting to remove God out of government. Amen? They recognize we need him. Amen? So America's first national Thanksgiving proclamation under the United States Constitution in 1789. Uh, September 24th, 1789, they approved the, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. On the very next day, the framers uh, 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 voted to approve this, the congressional record uh, for this, that uh, one of the members of the um, Constitutional Congress group, Elias, uh, probably a French name, right? Boudinot. He said... He could not think of letting the session pass without offering an opportunity for all the citizens of the United States of joining with one voice and returning to Almighty God their sincere thanks for the many blessings he had poured down upon them. With this view, therefore, he, he made the following resolution. Resolved that a joint committee of both houses be directed to wait upon the President of the United States to request that he would recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer. And therefore, um, um, in response, the President, George Washington, issued his first federal thanksgiving proclamation, October 3rd, 1789, declaring in part... Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore, implore His protection and favor. Whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed. Sorry about that. To be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for the safety and, hap and, and happiness. Now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November next, to be devoted by the people of these United States to the service of that great and glorious being, who is the benefit, beneficent 
author of all that is all the good that was, that is, and that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country, for the signal and manifold mercies and the favorable interpositions of his providence. Following this uh, national thanksgiving uh, proclamation, kind of sporadic, they were kind of here and there. Uh, mostly, most of them were, were proclaimed by civil authorities at a state level. Uh, by 1820, various state governments had issued at least, and hear this, all right. So this was 1789, make it ni- 1790. 1820 is, what, 30 years, so 31 years, say 30 years. In 30 years, various state governments, state governments, think about our state, think about Governor Inslee, think about Olympia. The state governments in those years had issued 1,400 official prayer proclamations. Almost half of them were about thanksgiving and prayer, and almost half for times of prayer and, and fasting, uh, following the same pattern we see here. See, our way back, as I said, our problem in America has never been a political problem. It's always been a spiritual problem. And we, 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 we could look at our own lives. If our lives are, are, are falling apart or, or things around us, it's, there's, there's no doubt a spiritual solution that, that comes to the root of all things. Amen? And, um, and that. And good on you ladies. Uh, the credit for uh, a, a, adopting a national holiday of Thanksgiving, it was Mrs. Sarah Josepha, or Josepha, I'm not sure, Hale, uh, editor of, of Godet's Ladies Book. I don't read that, so I don't know the name. But a very popular women's publication in the day, she was the editor. And for nearly three decades, she tried to petition the government, the, the, the federal government, let's have a national day. Um, do you remember who like Spokane is, is known to be the founder of Father's Day. And yet, it was a woman. Uh, so, go, way to go, women. You know. but, but anyways, but she, president after president, and she, she was ignored until one of our favorite presidents, Cindy was born on his birthday, Abraham Lincoln. Right? And he responded in, in 1863 to set aside the last Thursday of November as a national day of thanksgiving and praise. Um, in fact, it was really remarkable that the, the proclamation that Lincoln did not just for the strong religious content you can't get away from, uh, but also the timing. It was during the really some of the darkest days of the Civil War. Um, they, the Union had lost most of the battles. There's a theme going on here, <laughs> right? When it looks darkest. And yet, they, you know, the, the Union had lost more battles than they had won, and the outcome was very, very uncertain, and yet Lincoln called the American people to adopt an attitude of gratitude with this proclamation. Um, I don't usually read this much stuff, uh, but, I, but for this special thing, let me just read this to you. The year that is drawing toward is close. 
towards its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and heartful skies. To these bounties which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added which are of so extraordinary nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible. To ever, to the ever watchful providence of Almighty God. No human counsel hath devised nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. And that last comment, um, the, about dealing with us in anger for our sins, I believe, and I, rightly, that Lincoln perceived that the Civil War was God's punishment on America for the sin of slavery. 600,000 Americans died. That's not, ever, that's not even close. You could add all the other wars, and more Americans died in, in, the, civil, in the Civil War. Because... If you understand how God deals with nations, you'll see there are times where he calls a nation to account. If they haven't repented, he calls them to account. And even those who repent, if there's been gross injustice, like some of the horrific things that did happen in the slavery in America and in the past, there has to be an accounting for that. And and so, um, and it, the the vast majority, well, the number of blacks that were killed in the Civil War compared to whites is is a drop in the bucket, and 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 Abraham Lincoln would say that's how it should be, and um, but it's remarkable. Uh, that th- this was also just three months after the Battle of Gettysburg, where 60,000 Americans died in that one battle. 10% of all that would die, died in that one battle. But from then on, there was declaring a national Thanksgiving Day was issued by every president. And, um, um, and we need to take advantage of that, amen? I want to go back, this is, just before I wind it up, go back to this one story with the pilgrims. Um, they had planted their crops in the spring of 1623. So this is like, um, they're, they're all excited. You know, this, they've, 1621, a huge harvest. 1622, a great harvest, no doubt. Things were fine. And then they were expecting the same thing in 1623, but they hit this drought. We know what it's like not to rain for months, Right. Well, it started in mid, in the third week of May to mid-July, not a drop of rain fell on New England, and their crops were beginning to just die up, and, um, and so, um, Governor William Bradford, um, he said, with the site, with no rain in sight, um, he said, we set apart a, a, a day, a, a solemn day of humiliation to seek ye Lord, um, by humble and fervent prayer in this great distress. And everybody gra- gathered at the meeting house in the morning. And they spent the day. This is summer. It's mid-July. It's hot. It's humid. Um, 
And yet they spent the day there praying in repentance and prayer. And when they opened the, the meeting house, the door of the meeting had to go out that evening, the clouds were, uh, the, excuse me, the skies were cloudy. And then it began to gently rain, this gentle soaking rain. Now, if you haven't lived in New England, um, summertime, you can get, it would be hot during the day. And at night, the thunderstorms roll in and a torrential tr- tropical downpour can come and it just washes stuff away. That would be disaster. If you've ever been in a place where there's been a drought and then you get some kind of downpour like that, it washes your topsoil and all the seeds away. All right? They didn't get that. They got this gentle soaking rain began to fall. And, and off and on for the next two weeks, and, and, uh, and Governor Bradford, he explains it this way. It came, about, came without either wind or thunder or any violence and by degrees in abundance. As that ye earth, there's all these ye's in here. As that ye earth was thoroughly wet and soaked therewith, which did so apparently revive and quicken ye decayed corn and other fruits, as was wonderful to see, and made ye Indians astonished to behold. And this, this key thing, that they saw God answering um, their um, their 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 prayer. It says, and, then, and afterwards the Lord sent them such seasonable showers with interchange of fair, warm weather as though his blessing caused a fruitful and liberal harvest to their no small comfort and rejoicing. How great is our God. Amen. I would um, take note of how they prayed. And we've, we saw that in some of these other um, resolutions or, or proclamations that was made. There was something always that was connected to prayer. What was it? It's repentance. We, there's this... I, I, this humility that needs to be in our hearts as we approach an almighty God. Amen? We recognize how great he is and how incredible it is that we can come to him. And if you're a child of God, you can call him Father. Um, and yet, as we come, we pray for revival um, and we pray for God to move with power. We need to also ask God that he would cleanse our own hearts. Amen. It's not so much the sinners out there need to get, need to get saved as we inside here. We need to get saved and cleaned up. Amen. And any time in, in church history that that has been characterized, the way in which God has, God's people have called to him, he has always moved. As we sang, his glory has come and revival has come with many great stories. Going back to this, this 1623, uh, the comment was that during those uh, lean years, uh, before the harvest came in, um, that, that, that lean year, <clears throat> the ration they had the ration I, I wanted to have them, but I don't have them. Uh, was five kernels of corn. That was your that was your ration for the day. Can you imagine? But five kernels of of corn was your ration each day until finally the harvest came in. 
And so, um, before they, um, in 1623, of course, they, their harvest God restored and, and the miracle of the rain. And he um, said that um, Governor Bradford talks about that, that before they filled their plates with what God had blessed them, the pilgrims reportedly placed five kernels of corn on each plate as a reminder of God's goodness, lest they should forget. Now, just think about that. Maybe um, as you... Um, this week, if if anybody needs some place to have Thanksgiving with, let me let us know. But think of the ways in which God has has taken taken care of you and what He's brought you out of, how He's worked in your past. I mean, if there's anything we should do as we're reflecting on this time right now, I mean, what what has God done in your life? You know. How is it, how has he brought you through certain things? How has he met you? How has he provided for you in various times? What what are the things you, you look back? It, you might maybe you didn't even think it was God, but you realize how the God is the one who enables you and I to to earn to to work and earn a living. It says in Deuteronomy, the very fact that you have your your mental capacity and 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 your and your physical strength to be able to do these things these are gifts from God. Amen. And that we get to be here and enjoy this time. And that we, what are your five kernels of corn? What would that represent in your, in, in your past? You know? And God says, I'm still with you. And I just, me, I just feel like God wants to say, I'm still with you. Don't forget me. I'll never forget you. So as we celebrate Thanksgiving, I guess I'd say this, let's not forget those five kernels of corn. And let's lead our families into genuinely and sincerely thank, thank our God. Amen? For the material things that are all around us, the spiritual ways in which he, he has been with us. And how many are thankful for his patience? <laughs> Come on, you right? You know, if we're children of God, I've had children. You have children. They're not perfect. <laughs> they kind of misbehave. You know, the Bible never calls us adults of God. Children of God for a reason. And we are his sheep. And there's another reason for that. But the incredible love and mercy for God, mercy of God on you and I cannot be measured. And his love for you, for you and I, is as rich and deep and long and wide as it has ever been. Amen? Go back to Psalm 107. So give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is good. Why don't you read it with me? Can you read it? For his mercies endure forever. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. 
Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. And everybody said, Amen. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Just close your eyes. And Lord, we just want to thank you right now. Can we just thank him? Lord, we just thank you right now for who you are. We thank you for your love. Come on, just join me. Just, we just, Lord, we just thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness to us, Lord. Thank you for your mercy, Lord, to us. Thank you for your presence and your keeping us in all these all these times. And I thank you for speaking to us. I thank you for even for speaking to me. Even this morning, I needed that word of encouragement. I, I thank you, God, that you care about the, the unseen people of this world. You see them completely. And we just thank you. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And before, before, any, before we go, if you just would say, I could just use just to remember it in prayer. I don't need any details. I would just, I could just use to remember me in prayer. God knows what my need is. Could you just put your hand up and we're just going to, without embarrassing you or anything, we're just going to pray. Just say, put your hand up and just say, Lord, I, I need I need prayer this morning. I need God to work, and He's going to. Amen. All right. So let's just take Lord. I just thank you, God, right now, and I for these two, their hands are raised. Lord, you see that, Lord, you you know the concern upon their heart, and God, as you have been faithful all the way, you you lead us on on firm into firm steps, Lord. We maybe don't understand the, our direction, but you lead us faithfully. And God, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying, God, that you would, would speak to them and lead them. And I pray for faith to believe in the darkness and the confusion to know that you're still there. Just like, uh, like, like sitting in that Mayflower, uh, ship and, and the, being tossed and blown around. And yet, God, uh, you're, you're there with them, Lord. You're leading and guiding them. And God, I just pray for your, your, your hand upon this place, uh, for your reviving of your church uh, to be our portion in this day and a demonstration of your Spirit's power um, in this day, setting people free, breaking chains, changing lives, that you might get glory out of this place. And we'll give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. And everybody who agreed with that said, Amen. 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 Well, God bless you. Um, have a wonderful day.